Welcome back, everybody, to episode 18 of the Valkyrie Cast, a podcast about movies, TV, and video games. I'm your host, Matt. Joining us, as always, are your two wonderful co-hosts. First off, we have the man who's rebuilding his 3D printer so he can finish his Destiny 2 cosplay. We have Drew. This is very true. Welcome, everyone. Hey. He's really excited that he's getting it fixed. I am. It's been broken for so long. It's awkward when you have a 3D printer that's made of 3D printed parts and those 3D printed parts break and the only way you can get more is by 3D printing them, but the printer, is, it's this real vicious cycle. But It's a catch-22. Right it's a catch-22, yeah, yeah. Our other co-host today is a man who still sleeps in a bed shaped like an X-Wing. We have Tommy. It's true. Pew-pew. It's true. Pew-pew. <laughs> So we are There's now a officially lot of weird crap that's true about us if all these little statements at the beginning of the show are true. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kind of hoping that people assume that like some of this is just completely made off up off the top of her head and some of it yeah. is real and you just got to f- try to figure out what's what. I, I hope one day we become even mildly famous and someone starts going back through and writes a list of facts based upon these intros. That would that's be funny. A, uh, Oh yeah! One of one yeah. of the podcasts I listen to, like one of the guys, just is super. He's not like a super private person, but he's like just super careful about what he reveals to his other co-hosts. So they literally have a list of like when he reveals something, there's like this is what we know about this guy's life. He has a dog. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, that'd be funny if they did that. Well, we are officially in October, and because of that, since we are, most of us, actually all of us in some way, shape, or form are um, content creators, we uh, are participating in this thing called Inktober, and this I've actually never heard about this until this year, so Tommy, you're the one that I kind of learned it from. Can you give us like a brief rundown of what Inktober is? Yeah, so the idea is that ink is fairly permanent, whether it's on your skin or on paper or whatever, ink is permanent, unlike a pencil where you can pretty much erase it and kind of start over. And You know, we in life have gotten used to the undo button. Um, when I do illustrations on my iPad, I, I really love being able to have infinite undos and all these things. And so Inktober is set out, uh, it was created by an artist to push people to um one unlearn bad habits and really just push ourselves as individuals and artists and see what you can do so you're supposed to draw things kind of purely in physical ink um and there's some debate on that because you know uh there's a lot of debate about people with you know disabilities who need to draw on digital or whatnot but the the heart of it was you have to take ink and paper or whatever median and draw something and learn from your mistakes and figure out how to approach things and just i don't know really solidify and hone your craft Mm -hmm. um and so uh there's you can follow your own prompts the the guy who kind of started inktober movement has you know every year he releases what his prompt list is going to be so that's what i'm following Mm -hmm. like today's the second day of inktober and uh, it's divide, and so my stuff is largely going to be robot themed, and so I have two robots who are pulling apart a uh, wishbone. Who mm. is the guy who started Inktober? Because I've been familiar with it for the last few years. I follow a few illustrators and some other real creative people on Instagram and other social medias, and it's always really cool because some of these folks are just crazy talented. But who is who is the kind of the guy you're talking about? Because I didn't even know there were prompts. But that's awesome. 
Uh, give me twenty seconds, and let You're me good. remember his name. And that works out because, like, I'm literally doing my Inktober for today, and I didn't even know that the theme was divide, but uh, mine works for that, so it works out. It's a gentleman named Jake Parker. Mm-hmm. Jake Parker. Yeah, Jake and, Parker. and he had a. I actually watched a video. He put out a video for this year's one. Um, and what I think is so cool is like everything that Tommy was saying, but like even him, the guy who came up with it, is super positive about it, and was talking about how like it's also all about just challenging your, yourself and challenging your creativity to do like one drawing a day kind of thing, and then do it at ink, just because that he, that was his original thing was his, him challenging himself to do more inking stuff, and um, but he I thought it was really cool that he he emphasized in his video for this year that like you know people are like what do you use and it's like well you know there's all these kind of really useful art supplies but like just a pen and paper just do it go for it challenge yourself and and do that so i think that's really cool that uh you know you can you can like come at it from a perspective of oh these are the challenging rules or you can almost come at it as just uh, oh i want to participate and i'm just going to challenge myself to do a drawing every day and this is this in is pen. yeah and this is really cool. Like I, I pulled up the prompt list since you said that, and like I didn't know that was part of it. But I always love when people put unique spins on things and make you think outside the box of like what you normally would be comfortable with. Because some of these words on here are like I don't even know what I would do, but I'm mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited to give it a go. I love doodling. It'll probably not be great. I'm I'm probably gonna. I think all of us are gonna dive in on this, right? Oh yeah. I started yeah. a day because uh, I I was a day behind because I just found out about it and. So, my I think I'm just gonna come at it from a perspective of just trying to challenge myself to do a drawing a day, um, but um, so I don't know if I'm gonna use the prompt every day. But I like that idea. So today I couldn't think of anything, and so like, like Tommy, you said it was divide, and it was right around lunchtime, and all I could think about was food, and so I ended up drawing two guys basically just staring each other down and in between them is just a single slice of pizza and so that was that was me for divide and so i like i like the prompts i may not do the prompts every single day but i like the idea of them being there so it really helped me because um i think i mentioned on the podcast once before uh i've been doing i've been pushing myself for the last couple months to do a drawing a day and um, anyone who follows me on Instagram has just been overwhelmed with really terrible drawings for the last. <laughs> nah, like, four or four they're months. pretty good, man. I like them. They it's make my really, day brighter. Same. It's been fun to watch the progression. Um, to not go from drawing for a decade to pushing myself every day, and I think the prompt is helpful because it's really hard to come up with something every day. Yeah, like, it, that is just that is a really difficult task to be creative and divorce yourself. And so the prompt is nice because you're doing this every day and you have guys you know you you can have a structured guideline or help kind of just coming up with something and so that's what i'm using it for mm-hmm. yeah you know i saw a book the other day that did exactly this to some degrees it was just a prompt book basically a nice nice paper blank inside and every like every two pages had something it's like a word or an idea or something to kind of challenge you to draw it was really kind of cool Mm-hmm. So that's what we're doing. We thought it would be fun to mention. We, if we get some feedback, we may share some of our um, drawings and what we did this month on our Valkyrie pa- our, our Valkyrie Cast uh, Instagram page. So let us know if that's something you might want to see. Um, Tommy, you got something special this week, didn't you? 
So, uh, I'll try to keep the reader's digest version of this story. <laughs> Essentially, I woke up the other morning, and I was in my pajama pants, and I just poured, poured this huge bowl of cereal, and my friend calls me. And uh, it was one of those days where I considered not answering the phone at all, like, not because of him in particular, <laughs> but just period. Like, I just didn't want to answer the phone, but anyway. Some so days you have days like that. I get that. Uh, yeah, it's just I, I was just tired of things. And uh, so he calls, and he says, what are you doing? It's like, well, I'm trying to eat some breakfast. Said, uh, get over here right now. It's like, what's up? So demanding. So basically, our local GameStop had about like 16 or 15 extra of those Super Nintendo classics on the shelf, unclaimed. Oh, snap. Oh, wow. That's wild. Yeah, the mall was opening in like 10 minutes and a line had formed. And uh, I think I was number 12. Of, nice. Uh, Look at you. Yeah, so I got I saw, in there. I saw a post a post on Reddit this morning that showed a guy with one. He said benefits of living in a, a small rural town. He said I was just walking by this. I said I went to get donuts <laughs> at Walmart and saw one and was like, oh yeah, I'm gonna get that. Um, so I'm glad you got one. It seems like from from an outsider looking in, I didn't I haven't picked one up. Um, and honestly, I've not had time to really go look for one. But it seems from outside, are looking in that they seems to be seems to be a little bit m- more consoles this time around than with the NES. I don't know if the NES created more buzz or if they've done a better job of distributing. It just seems like it's not as crazy hard to get one. I'm sure it is to some no, people. No, I'm but. right there with oh, you. Yeah. I think I think they actually had more left over. Or, you know, the fact that they had some that weren't pre-ordered, I don't think that was a thing with the NES mm-hmm. Classic. I think. If I, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like every single was one was pre-orders. Pre-order. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. I think that's what the big deal with the last one was. But, you know, Nintendo and their supply and demand game. It's strong. I get that. Because... I'll tell you, my desire to get a Switch is growing bigger every day that we get close to Super Mario Odyssey coming out. Oh, yeah. It looks really good. I, I've been trying to nice. actually keep myself from vu- viewing anything because I kind of want to go in like I want to go in like how I was with Mind Zelda, blown. where I just go in completely fresh. Yes, I yeah. want that to happen. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna get. I'm getting that, the switch for Rocket League and Doom. Like those two things right there. Boom. Like that's. I. I mean. I'm, I'm tempted to buy Rocket League again on it just to have it on the go. That sounds awesome. I love it. I've really gotten addicted to it, and I'll usually play a round or two before I go to bed, and so I'd like to just be able to like go sit in, in oh, bed. You can't do it be in yeah. bed. Because that, that actually was my one of my favorite things when I was binging Zelda was I would play it on my big screen, and I was like, oh, I guess it's bedtime, and I'd walk up and go click and pull it out and lay in bed and play <laughs> for like another two hours, and then the battery would be going down. I'm like, oh... Oh, it's late. I bet it's really late. <laughs> it's great. It's so nice, though. Oh, I loved it. I saw a really funny comic. I'll try to link it to you guys, and maybe we can put it on the Facebook page that was talking about uh, Nintendo handheld consoles back in the day versus today, and it showed this little kid, and he's like, you got to get the sunlight just right to be able to see it, and then it showed a picture of a guy laying in his bed in complete darkness, and it was like it's a so small true. sun shining on his face. <laughs> you can Gosh, see. It was oh, really come, funny. We've come so far. The, the magnifying oh, glass with the have. little like lights on the corners. Oh, yes. man. And then if you yeah. didn't have what 
six or eight double a yeah. batteries you had to sit against the window of the car and wait for the street lamp to go by so you could see what, yep. what the heck or you were doing or if the six or eight double batteries that you days. saved up all week had drained because it sucked the life out of it <laughs> that, that was another one of the panels it was like back then mom mom do you have more double a's i need more double a's i need more double a's now oh man my charge cable's way over there <laughs> oh. i have to get up to get it i have to get up to <laughs> Uh, or us poor postmodern children. Uh, you guys like cowboys, right? Uh, who doesn't? Yeah, and westerns. Well, we got a new trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2 this past week, and it looks awesome. Uh, got a little, didn't really get any gameplay, just a lot of, uh, cool scenery and, you know, maybe some plot points it's hard to tell i've not really done a lot of research on it but i think this is supposed to be taking place either before or after red dead redemption the first one like i don't know if it's a direct sequel or if it's if it's a prequel red dead redemption the first rockstar red dead yeah yeah the one they just did with the 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 really really good one i've got a i've got a gut feeling that it's before it and the reason i say is red dead redemption the rockstar game um because I do think there were Red Dead games before Red there Dead were. Redemption. There was Red Dead Revolver, uh, and I can't remember okay, what the yeah. other one was. So I think this takes place before, because Red Dead Redemption, at least, took place right at the turn of the century. So you had some, like, you had cars, like, really early cars in a few of the missions in Red Dead Redemption, and, like, some, some like, newer-style pistols. It was, like, this budding of, like, the old and the new. That was part of the story. Mm-hmm. Um and this looks more like just straight up cowboys. Like there's, no, it doesn't seem, at least it doesn't appear that there's much of that in it. So, well, I don't I th- know, man. But I think I know I'm going to be getting it. I think, and I don't know. Like I said, I haven't done a ton of research. I've just seen the trailers, and I'm, I'm I know I'm going to play it because the first one was awesome. But I think it may be the story of the gang that um, the your character in the first Red Dead Redemption was in because that whole story was based around he used to be in this gang and he actually ends up having to go back and take out some of the old members yeah so i'm wondering if this is actually about that gang and maybe we'll even see our character but what makes me wonder is like one of the little scenes we see is a character talking to a kid about his dad and it makes me wonder if that's the the, your kid from the first Hmm. game so i don't know i could be wrong um like i said but that that one specific specific scene made me wonder because it's it's just a little bit of dialogue and the character kind of looks like the, but i mean all everybody kind of looked the same back in those days so it could be something completely different all but it looks awesome look the same. i'm so excited so excited so if you haven't seen the red dead redemption 2 trailer please go see it it's so good it's gonna be great you know the one thing i'm excited about a new red dead game is that i really enjoyed the first one and you can kind of see the roots of what GTA Online has become start in Red Dead Redemption. I remember playing Red Dead Redemption Online uh, with other friends and stuff, and it was just really unique. Like, it was the same map as, as in the single-player game, but there were multiple people doing different stuff, and you could, like, do stuff. And uh, it's just interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see Rockstar's take on that because it was really neat in the first one. And I just... I like Grand Theft Auto, don't get me wrong, but I, r- I really loved... Rockstar's kind of formula they de- refined with uh, GTA put into this world. It just works so well. I'd agree with that. Yeah, y'all know that to my not to really to my shame because I'm not really that shameful of it. But I've never played any of the Grand Theft Autos, but I've played Red Dead Redemption and absolutely loved it. And so 
I, I know I'd probably like it. But. See, I'm the opposite. I, I tore up some Grand Theft Auto, um, but I've regretfully not played Red Dead Redemption. Well, Red I Dead still Redemption have it. is backwards compatible on the Xbox One, so yeah. you should try to play that. And Matt, you should try GTA, because I've played both, and they're both great. I could bring it over, because soon me and Tommy are going to be living a lot closer to yeah, each you other, will. so I could just bring it over, bro. <laughs> All right, what's next in our news? So, a game that has been uh, uh, known about for quite some time has finally released uh, an indie game uh, called Cuphead. Now, we've talked about this, I think, before. Cuphead, I think 2014 may have been the first year we saw it, like the first time we saw it, but it is finally released to much fanfare. If you don't know what Cuphead is, it is a... Mega Man style game, like a shooting platformer type thing, uh, with with lots of boss fights. Um, but the the thing that's unique about it is it's all hand drawn, which is appropriate for Inktober, hand drawn animation in the style of like nineteen thirty cartoons. So we're talking about like Steamboat Mickey kind of style <laughs> cartoons. Steamboat Willie. Steamboat <laughs> Willie, thank you. Sorry. I mean, Willie, it, is, Mickey. it is Mickey, but the, the, yeah. yeah, it is. Yeah. Just before he now, was Mickey. Yeah, yeah, that guy, the mouse. He's he's a big deal out here. But anyways, it looks it looks beautiful. It's evidently extremely hard. Like, I've seen so many posts about people that are just, like, rage quitting the game. Um, I heard some called Dark Souls. terrifying, to be real. Yeah. <laughs> Which, yeah, most, let's be real, look at some of those old cartoons from back in the day, and they were pretty terrifying looking, too. Oh, yeah. So, we're not that far off. The art style for it just looks so freaking awesome. Like, I just, the whole the whole tag is like, I mean, and the characters are literally little guys with cups for heads. Um, and it's like 20 bucks. I've not picked it up yet. I really want to. Um, it's one of these titles that's kind of cool. If you buy it on the Xbox or the PC, you get it for both, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard that you want to play it with a controller. I heard somebody said they just ended up it's like mashing a keyboard for death and your fingers will hate you. But uh, <laughs> it looks great. And it's this great example of a unique indie game. And uh, that's actually kind of, I guess, transitioning and introducing what we're talking about today. We're talking about indie games. Um, and Cuphead's a good example. They took 1930s animation and Mega Man style gameplay and they smushed them together into this game that if you I would never in a million years would have thought let's do this mm-hmm. um, and and thought it'd be interesting and I think um, I think indie games do that well they they create these ideas and they make these things that would never I don't feel like Cuphead would have ever been a triple A game I can't ever see Activision yeah. saying yeah guys with cups <laughs> on their head and 1930s animation that's what the kids want. Uh, that's what, what the guys youths think? want. Yeah, that's what the youths want. What do you guys think <laughs> about indie games? I think they're cool. Um, I don't feel like I play them super often, but before we were talking about this, maybe I have more than I thought. Um, it's one of those things that, like, they're, the, they're just always these games that you see and you're just like, oh, that looks interesting. And then maybe you'll see some gameplay and you're just like, like oh, my God, that looks so fun. Because I remember when Cuphead first showed up at E3 in 2014 like we were talking about, I saw it and I was like, what is this? This is going to be dumb. This is just going to be an indie game I'm never going to play. And then the, like, gameplay started happening and like me and the people we were watching it with like lost our minds because we were just like this looks so unique and so cool and to me i think that's what makes indie games stick out more is is because they're not these triple a you know 
uh, companies trying to make these huge games, they can just do some of this weirder, wackier stuff that you wouldn't see coming out of a company like Ubisoft or Activision or something. Because and but but because of that, like you get this all these unique experiences. So I think that's what makes you know indie games really cool. You know, they start out, you know, with the with the big companies. You have to imagine risks, like yeah, they're they're not willing to take certain risks that indie game developers are. And I, I think it also follows the mantra of uh, you didn't know you need it until you had it. <laughs> I think indie yeah. games just, they really exist in that world where they think so far outside the box a lot of the times that it's, um, you know, on, on paper, you, and uh, before it comes out, like on paper, kind of like the iPhone, you're like, uh, you're going to give me one device that lets me play my music lets me <laughs> the internet lets me oh, talk on true. it and text people and i have to touch the front of it with my fingers there'll, there'll be no buttons or one button that sounds like hell yeah like and, and yeah. so but then it becomes this big revolutionary thing and and you know i think indie games have the ability to do the same thing to take what seems absurd or different and make it that thing you didn't know you needed like pub yeah and i yeah, I think, I, I think a perfect example of that is: Can you imagine some guy walking into like, you know, Activision or EA or one of these huge, you know, powerhouse developer publishers and saying, "All right, I've got an idea for a game. You ready? We're we're gonna play soccer with rocket-powered cars. <laughs> That's it. Like that sounds so absurd, but then we see Rocket League, which you know, is an indie game. It's it's interesting to think because Rocket League has become this massive thing, selling so much, uh, so many copies, and you know it's on pretty much anything. And they're kind of the front runners of crossplay. And uh, but it's it's a crazy idea if you think about it. It works extremely well. We were just talking about this before we started recording. How Tommy's like kind of fallen in love with it. But Tommy, if I would have told you a few years back before you discovered Rocket League that there's a game where you play soccer with rocket powered cars. Would you have thought that oh. like that had been something you would have loved? No, I I've known about Rocket League since uh, for probably about two years now. I want to I want to say that because um, a buddy of mine got it on PlayStation back in the day. I think they had it on like the PlayStation Plus like for free or yeah, something. I had a bunch great. of friends who were like, "Oh, it's amazing!" And literally, my thoughts were one: I hate soccer games. Two: I don't do <laughs> games. Like, why? I don't care. Like, I literally I brushed it off. I could have downloaded it to my PlayStation for free because I had PlayStation Plus at the time, and I'm kind of kicking myself in the butt for that right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's literally that idea that I thought it was ridiculous because it was two things that I've never really cared about, video game wise. And then lo and behold, I have surpassed my PUBG hours with Rocket League hours. Well, yeah. how about that? Well, hell about that. I got I got a better, even a better example than Rocket League. Um, can you imagine a company coming up to like Activision or something and going, "Okay, I want to make a game that the graphics aren't very good and everything is just big blocks and you build <laughs> stuff." Oh man! Yeah. But at yeah. the same time, and now and now Minecraft is one of the biggest games owned by Microsoft. Is on yeah, every Microsoft single device. Is cross play. All this other has a story and all this other. But it started out as just like blocks, and you just built stuff, and you could do like know. the adventure mode yeah, and stuff. I, and I never knew that I wanted something like that until I was in yeah. college, 
and we you know had a server and we're just building all kinds of random crap and flying around and stuff and it was so much fun it's exactly true i um man i i don't know if there's much more of a relaxing game than just building stuff in creative mode in mm-hmm. minecraft like it's just so relaxing and chill mm-hmm. um it kind of bums what, uh, me out that it's become more of a and i mean this is not a negative but it's it's very much now gotten so popular but it's really really popular with like younger kids and stuff and i get it i mean it's like building legos but in a video game but like man it was always really fun just to build stuff in minecraft and play around i built a bat cave once and then somebody came in and blew it up it was really cool yeah yeah So let me ask you guys this question. You know, we've we have seen, and, and these were a few examples of some indie games that really took off. But what has, um, I guess, why why is indie games taken off like they have? Do you, do you do you think there's a particular reason that in 2017 or in, in in the last three or four or five years we've seen all of a sudden just this huge influx of games? Um, and like I pulled up Steam this afternoon just to see they've got an entire like if you go to their store and like you've got browse by genre like indie is its own genre. Uh, it has tons on top of tons of games. What what do you guys think? What why is is this why is this happening? I guess is my question. Cheap marketing. Cheap marketing. Okay. Honestly, I think it really comes down to that. Um, a fantastic movie that I think we've talked about before off air, but uh, indie game. The movie, oh, yeah, I still watched that. It's a little, it's a little dated now, but actually, it follows uh, creators of the games like Fez and shoot, now I can't remember the other main guys. I remember what it looks like, and it has to do with, anyways. Uh, a lot of their their issues was um, it was it was twofold. One they couldn't get the marketing that they needed to like uh, i remember xbox promised them you know front page upon release and they were tucked away far away on release day and all this thing or two uh just not enough time and energy to originally to push into a lot of this stuff and so like the guy from fez was getting death threats that he hadn't finished fez and it's because every time he makes progress technology has changed and he can make it better and you know, he wants it wants it to be a perfect game, and um, but I think a lot of it just comes down to marketing. Indie games back in the day used to not really. I mean, you don't marketing sells. Yeah. Like that is it's a literal job, and if you don't know about it, you can't know that you want it or you need it. And now with Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, where you can go buy an ad for cheap. Mm-hmm. Or people will just spread the word a lot better than, you know, around the playground. Well, and it seems like word of mouth for indie games is even more... It seems like there's this almost cult-like following for just indie games in general. And, like, when people find one they like, they just talk about it so much. Like, for instance, one that is a more recent indie game that's really, really great. My wife played the mess out of I've played a little bit of, and it's great, Stardew Valley. Made by one guy. It's basically, like harvest moon if it was more modernized and it's so much fun but the only reason i heard about it was a friend told me about it and mm-hmm. i heard two or three friends talking about how great it was same thing about PUBG. you know i heard you know three three or four different friends in the same day tell me when i was gonna pc get this game it's awesome i'd never heard of it before um 
So I don't know. It just seems like, man, indie games have a very passionate following. I think, to me, I think what it is, I think all of that's true, but I think why they've gotten so popular is just almost we've gotten tired of the almost repetitiveness of AAA games. And so it's refreshing and always nice to, to have like something that's is simpler. Um, a lot of times they, they're simpler. You know, you will go back to something that almost hits that nostalgia bone if you're just playing a side scroller or something, but also cheaper. So like you, you know, that you've been playing, I don't know, the 17th Call of Duty game and you're just like, yeah. you know, as much as shooting zombies is great. This Cuphead game looks really, really fun, and it's just something completely in left field compared to what you may be used to, and you got it for 15, 20 bucks. And it's just something you can just jump into. And I, so I think there's a factor in that, along with what we were talking about earlier with the fact that these indie game companies can, can and will do things that the AAA games won't try. Yeah. And so we'll get something completely different. Because, like, with PUBG, that's the first Battle Royale-style game I had ever played, and now it's kind of the new trend, and there's tons and tons of different ones coming out. And and so, like, I probably would never have played it, and, you know, probably in the next Call of Duty or Battlefield or Battlefront, there will probably be a game mode like that within the next year or two in one of these big AAA games because it's so popular. But I probably would never done it, played it if it wasn't I, for a game like that. Yeah. I think I saw today that maybe there's a GTA mod that lets you play like Battle Royale in GTA online. Maybe. maybe Probably wouldn't surprise me. Um, Anything's possible. <laughs> May the mods be with you. Let me ask you guys a question: <laughs> Do you guys have a favorite indie game that you just absolutely love? Mm, Tommy's gonna say Rocket League, if since that's technically considered. Yeah, one. I mean. Yeah, that's kind of where I'm sitting right <laughs> now. I'll tell, you, I'll, I'll tell you one I really liked. One of the very first one I played was a little game called Bastion. Yeah, um, I played Bastion. That game was oh awesome. Oh, man, Do you yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it, I feel like that was right around when indie games really started. Oh, Bastion's in uh, covered in indie game, the movie. Yeah, I thought I thought it was. like It, it was during, like, you know, early 2000, like 20, I'm not early 2000, sorry, like, 2013, 2012. That I think Fez came out somewhere in that ballpark too. But it was part of that first wave of it seemed like because I feel like indie games have probably been around forever. But it was like the first wave where they actually came out and were actually fun and playable and not really really niche. And I just remember that game felt like Zelda in some really cool ways, and I really loved it. I think it came out in 2011. Um, that was probably my favorite indie game I've played. Um, Ooh, Limbo. And Limbo I, well, was Limbo good. was another one I was gonna bring up. I remember Limbo. I remember my buddy Chris told me about Limbo, and I just remember thinking it was such a unique game and just so so creepy, man. Like so creepy and so interesting. And I don't know, man. Any other games that pop in your mind? Indie games that you guys really like? I was gonna say Sonic Mania, but that that was still published by Sega, even though it was done by you know basically a group that was just making redoing sonic ports and enhancing them but it still was published by sega so it's not technically an indie game but yeah still a cool that game. does that does speak to something interesting though of how popular indie games have gotten that 
we've got folks who are making basically a, a Sega a Sonic indie game, mm-hmm. and Sega said, "Hey, let's let's publish you guys under us," kind of thing. Uh, well, but does it make it really any less of an indie game if uh, if it gets picked up for distribution, but not, you know funneled large amounts of money for the actual creation. True. Because True. indie films all the time they put their own money, blood, sweat, and tears into it and then they'll get picked up by large companies for distribution. Right, which, which yeah. is what happened with Minecraft, but I, I think Sonic Mania, and I mean I guess it could be technically like the love child or whatnot of it because these guys were redoing old ports of games and because there wasn't any old school good Sonic games coming out but then Sega actually basically hired them and paid them and so it still was them doing it but they got the guys who like they got it's like t- them taking the indie developers and saying okay let's make this game so in a way it is and in a way it isn't but still yeah. a fun example pretty good example or yeah. Well, and I, that begs the question, and let's let's just ask this question since we're at this point. What makes an indie game indie game? Because I feel like we are walking more and more into territory in 2017 and into the future where almost indie games have like their own feel. Like it's 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 almost like an indie game is is like you know you have shooters, you have platformers, you've got puzzle games, mm-hmm. you've got RTSs, you've got RPGs. You got indie games, like so. My question is: Is what makes an indie game an indie game? What do you guys think about that? I I guess the closest thing I can think of as defining one is any like smaller developing company or team that's not one some of these huge AAA companies. Yeah. But even then, I feel like that line's going to get blurred more and more as these mm-hmm. type of games become more and more popular. Yeah, Tommy, what are your thoughts? Kind of the same way. I think it's any small production that is not funded or funneled through a large corporation. Mm-hmm. I thought of another one. I don't know if this would be my favorite, but I just found it, and it's technically an indie game. Uh, have any of y'all ever done the Jack and Jack in the Box party pack stuff? Oh man, there's so much fun. Nope. So basically, it's it's like this party pack of like five or six games you buy, but you play them using your cell phone. So you can get a group together and pull it up on your Xbox or your TV or whatever device you bought it on. And there's like six different game modes and whatnot. And for each game, it just pulls up a code and you go to their website on your phone browser, type in the code, and your phone becomes the remote. And it's like just fun board games and whatnot so the one that we really liked playing um can't remember what the name of it was but it would come up with which one fibbage was really fibbage is one of them it's really fun i think it was uh quiplash or something i don't remember but it was it's basically it'd, it'd give a question and one person would get or two people would get picked uh to have to come up with something really clever for it and so everybody else would vote on it. So so everybody would get one or two questions they had to answer, and then your question would pop up on the your answer would pop up on the screen, and everybody would vote for what they thought was the funniest. So it's kind of a uh, almost an apples to apples style game. But there's two or three, there's five or six actual games that are completely different, and they're all just really really fun and really fun just to get around and play some games without you know good yeah. party games you know. Yeah. Um, 
I had another one. One of my favorite games I've played um, is actually I picked it up on iPad, but it had been out on PC for a while, an indie game called FTL. Um, it's a roguelike game where you have a spaceship and you jump between, like, you've basically got, like, this fleet chasing you and you're jumping between points and your viewpoint is, like, face down and you have to manage how much fuel you have and, like, your weapon systems and upgrade your ship. But every time you jump, you don't know what's going to happen. So it's kind of like a... I don't know how to explain. It's kind of like a not Dungeons and Dragons or choose your own adventure, but like basically you're just kind of going into the unknown, and it's different every time. You don't know what's going to be next, and you may find a distress beacon. And it may help you, or it may blow your ship up, or something like that. But it was a great game that you know, real simple graphics ported over to the iPad that I played so much of. I think it came out in 2012 originally. Um, it is a fun game to play if you guys ever get a chance. Now would something like Pokemon Go be considered an indie game? Hmm. Well, see, that's a whole interesting question, because if we're talking about small, like, the game itself is smaller, a lot of games open up, but I feel like Pokemon Go had a huge studio behind it. Right. But I'd say that, what was it, Ingram was their first iteration of yeah. that? Yeah, Ingrid or something I like feel that. Like, yeah, Ingrid. I, f- I feel like that borders on indie. Mm-hmm. Um... But I mean, essentially, Pokemon Go was Ingrid, just with Pokemon is, yeah. slapped with on top Pokemon of it. Skin. Skin, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just was you mentioning iPad. It made me think of like phone games and stuff. Um, if I, I guess if I had to pick one, uh, I guess PUBG, just because it's been such an interesting gaming experience and it's kind of been my first shooter on the PC that I've really enjoyed. So. I guess that would be it, but it's it's hard for me to call it that because it's just such a massive game now. So it is, it's and that's what's huge. interesting. It's almost it's almost like startups. Like you know, you start this game and then like you know, the guy who did PUBG, uh, he he probably had no clue it was going to become what it has become. Because I mean, how can you? It's just wild and crazy. But you know, again, I don't know if that kind of game would have ever had before this game was successful would ever had the kind of money of like big studios behind it to try to make new ones of it but now we will i think maybe that's one of the reasons i appreciate indie games is indie games um and just like indie music and indie films in a lot of way don't have that they don't really have anything to lose from trying something different Mm -hmm. and and for every five that are complete flops there's one every now and then that really is amazing and it's like man i never would have thought of putting those two things together but it just works so well um what do you guys think you i think you're right in using even comparing it to like indie films and stuff because you'll have these people working on these games just like you'll have directors and stuff working on these movies that are indies because they have more freedom to do their vision or what they want to do without the pressures of a big company on their back, you know, hounding them or being like, you know, that's that's what you want to do, but this is what's popular. This is what the, you know, our, our statistics and our focus groups tell us to do. But then you might have these people working on the game going, well, you know, that's not what I want to do. That's not my vision and stuff. So they're yeah. going to just, so they go off and they just do their own thing. And then sometimes like PUBG or like any other uh, indie film that gets huge, like it just sometimes magic happens and it hits and everybody falls in love with it and stuff. 
Mm. True. Well, guys, last question on this kind of topic. And, you know, I think we, we went into this. I know I went into this episode thinking I'd only played, you know, a handful of indie games. And kind of researching and looking through it, I'd realized I'd played a lot more than I thought. But it's this interesting thing about them is, like, you know, there are some people I know who they just play, like, these games that no one ever knows about. But, you know, a lot of these games kind of become popular and get big, like Minecraft, like Rocket League. Uh, like PUBG, like, you know, Bastion and Stardew Valley and all these other things. Let me ask you guys this question. Do you think that indie games are a fad? Or is this a new reality of game development and creativity in video game medium, I guess? I initially thought it was a fad when, which at, I don't, it probably wasn't sud- as sudden as I remember, but I just feel like sometime in the last gen during E3, I just felt like there was a lot of focus on indie games, and I was just like, why is there so much on focus on these indie games? I don't care. Show me well, show me Halo E3s, and show me blah, yeah. blah, blah. And I, I remember... E3s ago, Microsoft had like a huge thing where they just put up like 50 games on the screens, like, indie games, everyone! Right. Well, I also think that part of that was them trying to win everybody back after their disaster of a, their initial E3 launch with Xbox One of them being like now look at all these games yes we do have games games are important to us but <laughs> games, games are nice. I, I think it i used to thought it was a trend at first but now i don't think it's a trend i think it's pretty solidified be, going back and to me it just goes back to what i said earlier where there's always going to be people who are going to get tired of these huge AAA games that they're always been playing and they're going to want something else to do and when that happens is when the indie games these smaller cheaper f- more you know simple and or fun i mean not always simple well, PUBG is definitely not a simple game but something different they're going to reach for or even if they you know just get to the point where they're like i don't feel like playing that i just want to play something for like 20 minutes so i'm just gonna jump on this like Mm. freaking rocket leagues a perfect game you can get just jump in at any point and play like three or four games and just get off and it's not a big deal there's very little you have to dedicate to a game like that so i think that's the appeal and i don't think it's going to go anywhere tommy what about you i agree yeah i mean i i unfortunately i think like matt uh, I'm I'm kind of with Matt on everything. There's nothing that I feel I have to add. Yeah, indie games, Boom. love them or hate them. Oh, All right, yeah. last thing, guys. I just thought about this, and oh, y'all may thing. hate this. Well, I, I did too, and then I thought about this. What Fake is the most? News. Because as many <laughs> we've talked about a lot of really good indie games, but what is what has been the craziest indie game like concept you've seen? You're like, what the crap is this kind of thing? Um, does anyone have one? Like, you, you see a game and you're just like, wait, what? That's that's a game? And you just don't think it would work? Anyone got an example? Uh, I do. I thought of one. That's why I, I asked the question. I mean, initially, Cuphead looked crazy. But the one, <laughs> the one I can think of, I don't even know the name of the game. I think it's on PlayStation. I don't even know if it's considered an indie game. But the whatever the... You're literally like an octopus. And you're just like... Octodad. That, Yeah. <laughs> the, That's an indie game. What the crap is Octodad? I don't know, any, I don't know I, anything about it. I know, I know, I've seen stuff about it, and it literally looks like you just click and drag around an octopus around. And I'm sure there's much more to it than that, but I'm just like, that's one of those games, indie games I saw, and I was just like, what, what meeting was 
they're an intern who was high end that went, what if we made a game about an octopus dad? And somebody yeah. was yeah, just I, like, I totally want to play this. I don't know what we're talking. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'll send you a leak. It was like, it, and like it was it's like not a new game. It's been around. Yeah. yeah, it was like a claim when it came out. It's it's this it's this game where you play as a, like it's like you're an octopus, but you're like in this like family, and like you're pretending to be their dad, and they don't realize you're an octopus, so you have to keep the gig up. Basically, it's really ridiculous. Oh my gosh, this that sounds I'm amazing. All right, so, an image so the one so I have. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you, you need to see this. While, while you're showing Tommy Octodad, so the game I found when I was actually researching this is a game called, um, let me make sure I get this right, Pack-a-Pong, okay? Are you ready for this? <laughs> this is This is Pac-Man, Pong, and Space Invaders all in one. Um, so I'm so going to link this so you can trip see. like crazy. So what you do is you play Pong, but the ball is Pac-Man through a Pac-Man maze. So you launch it, and then you use your key controller to like direct him through and play Pac-Man. But then oh every goodness. time you launch him, you you shoot out of your little Pong paddle up to destroy the aliens that are coming down to kill you. Holy crap! And it looks wild and crazy. And I'm not really sure how it works. This looks like an just, ADD kid's dream. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> it looks awesome. It's wild. It looks kind of awesome and kind of weird. Like, holy crap, what is this? Um, Tommy, what about you? You seen any weird indie games and you've been like, what the? Oh crap? my gosh, Donkey Kong just jumped on the screen. What is? Yeah, happening? Donkey Kong shows up. I don't know why. <laughs> no, I'll be honest. I I feel really far removed from the game scene. Period. I I don't. I don't know. I don't really follow a lot of game news. You guys are my you guys are my informants. Oh. Um. But this pack mat pack a pong thing looks amazing. <laughs> I hope. I'm sorry. I'm just I'm watching this on repeat. That's right the, literally yeah, what I was doing. Yeah, I know it's wild. You know, one thing I kind of hope for the Nintendo Switch is it gets a bunch of weird, crazy, cool indie games. I just feel like it would work on the Nintendo Switch well. Um. Mm-hmm. But. Indie games, man, it's it's an interesting an interesting world. It's here to um, stay. Yeah, and and you know, uh, just one other note, talking about a place where indie games really shine and thrive right now would be virtual reality, which we've talked about and done an episode on. But like, there are some really crazy virtual reality games out there that are some crazy ideas as well that wouldn't work anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, Audio Shield comes to mind if you've ever played that game. That's an indie game. That is so much fun. It's basically like a rhythm game, like Rock Band or something, but it's in VR, and it, it can only be in VR. It would never work anywhere else. But uh, yeah, indie games. I think I think, and I don't know. I haven't looked a lot. I think uh, the Switch has a bunch of indie games on it. Like I think you can get Super Meat Boy on it, and um, I think I know you can get Stardew Valley on it. So I think that's a, gonna be is yeah. A that real just released like system. today. Oh, did it? Look at that. How about that? Boom. Would you look at there? Would you, would you look at there? Would you look at there? Well, do we have anything else we want to add to indie games? Then if not, go try one. Go try one. They're here. They're great. Go give one a shot. You've probably played one and didn't realize, just like me, because I didn't think I'd played that many indie games. 
Well then, if not, it is time for What You Binge Watching. This is the part of the show where we talk about what we've been spending our free time on, whether it's video games, movies, television, maybe comic books, or a book, whatever. So, who wants to start us off? How about Tommy? What You Binge? Uh, Put you on the spot. I'm trying to think. So I oh I guess I can. Um, today I started binging this show, and I feel really weird actually saying this one out loud. Big Mouth on Netflix. Okay. It's about it's a cartoon it's about. No, it's uh it's kids who are going through like puberty, so they're all oh, like. Yeah. 12, 13-year-old. I think they're 7th graders. And they're hitting puberty. And Will Arnett is like the puberty monster. Um, <laughs> what? Oh my yeah, god. It's, this, it's got some of my this favorite comedians. This looks entirely inappropriate. It's horribly inappropriate. It's based on the two images that have popped up on on it's Google. So, oh my gosh. So terrible. Like it's it's bad. So so, so um, there's our uh, uh you know not family friendly warning for those of you not who at may, all. Have, may go, "Oh, Tommy suggested this show. It looks kid friendly." Yeah. I did not suggest. <laughs> it's what I'm watching, but I'm not recommending. <laughs> <laughs> well, there oh you go. My goodness. That's interesting. All right, Drew, what about you? Um, I have been swamped with work this past week, to be quite honest. But uh, the one thing I have got to watch a few episodes of, um, I actually got to watch a little bit more of The Defenders. I'm trying to give it a better chance, uh, mm-hmm. another chance. Um, not it's not great, but it's it's not terrible either. Um, yeah, it's just kind of more TV. It's just kind of it's just kind of what I expected it to be. Um, but one thing I've really been enjoying, I, I've been playing a ton of Destiny. Um, new monarchy for life right now during the faction rally so yeah we're the underdogs this time yeah we're the underdogs this time but man we got cool colors that red and gold with some white and black looks good um but anyways uh i've been watching mr robot and man it's good i uh, i'm not as far into it as either of you but it is really really good i like it a lot and do time, oh, just wait. One. oh do time. just wait <laughs> I know. I know. Last week we were talking about it, and Tommy's like, "There's this episode that happens and is amazing." And then Matt's like, "I think I got to that episode." Drew. Oh no, I don't think. I know I got to that episode. <laughs> There's no doubt in my mind. You know that episode. <laughs> I haven't got there yet. Um, I need to. You'll know it when you oh, get there, so and when you do, good. you give me a call. Yeah. So we can we can talk things out. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad we decided to do. How, how many seasons have there been? There's two. The third season starts this next week, I think. Oh, gosh. I'm going to be ready. All right. Well, guess <laughs> I know what I'm I'm going out of town for like the next good bit of the week, so hopefully maybe I'll just be able to get some streaming in. Take, so. your, take your Chromecast with you. Just take, plug it up take to the TV. Chromecast. Yeah, plug it in. So. Well, I traveled with a Chromecast for a long time, and then I switched over to a Roku because I got really tired of hotels not having like a wi-fi connection i could bum man yeah. uh, I, I can see that sign in thing i can see that i've actually i've actually figured that out but it's like so that hotels hardly ever have security on their ethernet in their rooms because if you're in the room i started carrying one yeah. too but I, I just, ever since i ever since i started packing a a uh, router with me 
I haven't gotten to a hotel room with an Ethernet cable in oh, Really? That's interesting. It's aggravating. Yeah, I just, I've got a little travel router and my Chromecast, and I just make it work. Does the Roku not need that? Does it just bypass it? No, they, um, they have a... Uh, I got to give Roku props on this one. Uh, when I use it, they you can select um, when you log on to network that it is like a hotel. Oh. And so they give you like a two-step process, so just but you can bypass. It. Yeah. That's interesting. It's really convenient. Yeah, That's I'll cool. check that out. Side note, talking about that, and this is a bit of a tangent, I know, but um, coolest thing happened. Me and my wife were staying in a hotel up near Atlanta, uh, pretty nice. I cannot remember. I think it was a Marriott. The, every room in the hotel, or at least the room we were in, which wasn't like a fancy room, it was just one of the regular rooms, had a big like 50-inch TV in it Every and had a Chromecast hooked into it like for you to use. Like I thought someone had left it. I was like, jackpot. Somebody left their Chromecast, another Chromecast. <laughs> but no, the, ho- the they had it. Like, you turn the TV on, it's like, here's how you can use Chromecast. So do all this neat stuff. It was really awesome. I was like, good job, guys. Bravo. So, that was awesome. Interesting. They're going to get yeah. jacked in most rooms. Bravo. I mean, they'll charge them. I mean, <laughs> that's true. It's what, 20, 30 bucks? Oh, no. So. They're, they're definitely worth 20 bucks just to have. Well, I have been binging Mr. Robot Season 2, and I am about halfway through, and it's very interesting. And I'm going to try to be vague because Drew's not caught up to us, but like. I gotta say the season started out a little slow and I was a little not wasn't really digging the beginning of the season and uh, it, it's it's very much starting to pick up now and so I'm, I'm glad it's starting to feel more like the first season and I'm happy about that and, and the, the stuff in the beginning's good but it just it leaves you with a lot of questions and it's just not answering them as quickly as you would want them to I guess is the is what's bothering me but man one of i gotta say it's so far one of the best shows i've seen in a while like i mean besides like game of thrones or something like it, there's not been something else that's that i've been just been like blown my mind with the quality and the storytelling so definitely look forward to us getting to the point where we can all talk about it i think we have an episode coming up here in the next few weeks to talk about that so i'm excited to have conversations on the podcast about it on a other note um blade runner the new blade runner is supposed to be coming out soon and apparently it's getting really really good early reviews hmm. and so i'm really interested I'm, I, I'm 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 a little I, I gotta say i'm a little surprised i was expecting it just to be another one of these you know cash grab reboots that are is just kind of half done but um it's been getting apparently i haven't read any i've just heard from multiple sources uh, like podcasters and stuff talking about how like or like it's been getting really really positive and supposed to be really really good so I want to go back and watch the original and I think I want to check it out so maybe we could do an episode I've never seen the original Blade Runner uh, but we'll have to a friend that. of mine who really likes it was like going on and on on social media about the fact that it's like getting played in theaters again like before mm-hmm. this one and like Blade Runners in theaters holy crap go watch it kind of hey, thing. Hey, I, I know so. somebody who has it on their Plex, you know, who's You do. sitting in this that podcast. Would be and somebody guy. and somebody in this podcast has my Plex now signed into their smart TV, you know. I know. So I know. You got that access, bro. So, that's our episode guys. Thanks for joining us. Tommy, we hit us up with those socials. Hey guys, so you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, 
the www uh, you can find us on iTunes and Podbean all of those at the Valkyrie cast we are the Valkyrie cast we rock you guys rock find us <laughs> talk to us chat with us yeah get involved we want to hear from we, you. We, 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 would, we would love to for our socials to get a little more active and stuff and um, maybe have some stuff coming up that, to try to push that a little more so keep an eye out for that so um, until then Thanks for joining us, guys, and we'll see you next time. We are the Valkyrie Cast.